0: Episode 11, The Rats. Don't talk, just listen. Under the black sun there is no hope, only mystery, wonder, and danger. Black Sun Dispatches on the Cinepunks Podcast Network. Uh, they, They are not what they claim to be. On Tuesdays, four of the men would sneak down into the basement of the hospital and drink from a distillery they had made. The booze was rancid, but it got you drunk. And this being the sole actual purpose of the stuff, that was enough. When they drank, they talked. They talked about their lives before the black sun rose. They talked about great lays they'd had and the ones they wished they'd had. They talked about their achievements in this world of the black sun, the gray slate sky, the midnight desert, and a seemingly endless array of things monstrous things that plagued the city. On one Tuesday, one of the men asked another what was the worst thing he'd ever done. I won't tell you that, the man said, but I will tell you the worst thing I ever saw. They all went around and told their story and after it was unanimously decided that Walt Luchick had won. His was the story of Bill Ludlum and the rats. It goes like this Walt began. Before the hospital, I was hauled up in this bowling alley for a while. Star Lanes, maybe you've heard of it. It was a rundown dive, even before all that went down, did. The kind of joint where the pins are cracked, the lanes are splintered, and the machines that change the pins are screeching all the time. What are those things called again? And aside here, this machine is known as a pin setter. It was invented in 1936 by a man named Harry Franklin. So now you know. Should you ever use this information to win at Jeopardy? Think of us. Walt went on. It doesn't matter. The place was run by a big guy, the name of Skinny Rick. Skinny being one of those ironic names. He weighed 300 if he weighed a pound, cue ball bald, and he leaned into his Italian heritage so hard you'd think he was auditioning for a job on Sopranos. Some of the other guys said Skinny Rick was connected to that sort of thing. The mob thing, I mean, not the HBO thing. The rumor was the whole alley was a front for a money laundering and cash drops. And I suppose that's possible. But I don't know. Skinny Rick had that kind of jaw on him. You think that it had elastic bands instead of bones. He flapped it so much. He was always going on and on about who he knew and which big, connected guys were his regulars and friends? So, the mob would have had to be pretty goddamn stupid to trust any part of that enterprise to him. And even if they had been that stupid, Skinny Rick would have lasted maybe a week before telling us about it. But this, this isn't about him. This is about Bill Ludlum. And the rats. There were seven of us standing at the alley. Counting Rick, the others were all like me, as I am—middle-aged, single, happy beside our ways. We hid in the alley because the alley was what we knew. It—it it was a life jacket in storm-tossed open ocean. The world outside could take whatever shape it liked because, because the alley would always be the alley. Six of us, including Skinny Rick, knew each other well enough. I'd call us friends and not feel my pants a flaming we'd roll together, maybe grab some beers afterwards. And a couple of times, I had them over in different combinations to watch a football game. Bill loved them though. He was a loner amongst other loners. I'd put him in his mid-sixties, though he could have been a decade in change in either direction on that one. Bill kept rigid hours, arriving every day at 4.30 p.m. on the dot. One time, Carl Fiedler, he was one of us, was in his car when Bill arrived and he saw his dashes clock read 4.32 p.m. Carl set back the two minutes. Now Bill, he was a serious bowler. He was a regular for, I want to say, five years before the city fell? And all that time, I never saw him finish a game under 200. Well, except for one time. One time, he came in looking like he'd just been in a fight. Clothes disheveled, lip bloody, eyes sort of wandering. We didn't say anything because we didn't have anything to say. But the rest of us exchange looks, as you might say. Bill, he gets right to work, but in the fifth frame, He missed despair. (laughs) I tell you, it got dead quiet in the alley. You would have thought someone died. Even the machines seemed to go quiet. Bill played out the rest of the game, finished with a 193, and then he crammed his balls back in his bag and he stormed out. When he passed me, I could have sworn I heard him mutter rats, just that, the word rats but maybe that's the future bleeding in like it does whenever you tell a story. Anyway, we had made ourselves a fairly comfortable uh, little life at the alley when one day, Bill comes up to me. And I don't know why he chose me out of everybody. I mean, I have never even talked to the guy. But he comes up to me, takes me by the arm, and leads me away from this to the group. And then he looks at me, all serious, and he says there are rats in the walls. I had no idea what he was talking about. So I said to him, Bill, what are you talking about? And he says to me, just what I said. There are rats in the walls. A whole lot. Big ones, too, by the sound of them. So I said to him, Have you seen these rats? And he says, No, but I hear them every night, without fail, squeaking and screeching. Now, I didn't mind having a project to distract me from everything happening outside, so I didn't really believe in this stuff, but I started asking around with the other fellas. None of them had heard any rats, but they were all happy to join us in poking at the walls. Skinny Rick was hollering at us the whole time, talking about how he was adding the cost of damages to the running tab he was keeping on our games and our drinks. That poor fat bastard. The skinniest of us, this guy Clive, went into the wall with a flashlight. He came out saying that he didn't see any rats, but rat turds littered the entire interior of the walls. That got Skinny Rick all angry, him swearing up and down he ran a clean establishment, and someone must have been playing a trick. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of tricks with rat turds, let me tell you that. We all had a laugh over how red-faced he got, and we went off to drink some more of his beer. We figured that whatever pests Bill had heard, they must have moved on, And didn't bear much thinking about. Bill, Bill though, he kept that serious expression on his face like he wasn't even close to satisfied. Night fell and we all went off to our sleeping areas, skinny Rick still yammering on and on. But see, that night, that night I heard it too. It was a sound (laughs) unlike anything I had ever known or could ever have described. Imagine, imagine standing in the surf and suddenly being able to hear and know each and every drop of water in the way that's coming into the beach at that moment. Imagine trying to count each drop, your mind unable to shake the question even as you know that that question will consume you. Lying there, listening to them, you could see them in your mind's eye, picture them. You're picturing them right now, aren't you? They just to me say all this. Picture a thousand bodies of black fur, picture claws, picture twitching noses, Picture eyes like unblinking red marbles staring out. Picture a thousand bodies squirming and jostling, a thousand sets of fangs tasting at the air and hungering for the next meal. I looked over to where Bill was sleeping, and he wasn't sleeping I can tell you that much. No, he was awake just like me, listening, picturing them. I wonder what he saw what do we do you ask the hell do you think we did nothing we lay and we waited for the storm to pass even after it did i could still hear them moving their invisibility allowing them to multiply until in my mind there were a million of them maybe even more and in my mind the seam in the wall allowed them out pouring out like water from a hydrant claws in my flesh, fangs reaching into my mouth to rip my tongue from my head, my body split open, all that warm and pink vanishing down nibbling muzzles, I can still hear them. And I know that when I lie in my last bed, waiting for the long night to settle around me, I will hear them still. But other than that sound, so far as I knew, the night passed without incident, and I eventually fell into a troubled sleep. <laughs> That's all you really can do. Screams awoke me. Bleary eyed, more asleep than awake, I stumbled over to where Clive was hollering. He was staying at Skinny Rick's door. The big man slept in his office. At first, I thought it was odd that Rick could somehow still sleep through Clive's Shriek. And then I saw the blood. Still feeling like I was moving in a dream. I pulled the blanket fully off Rick's prone body. He had been chewed open from the inside out, his exposed chest looking like a hollowed out pumpkin. When we looked closer, we could easily see the scratch marks on the floor and on his body. Fur was scattered everywhere. There was even fur around his mouth. I guess that's why we had heard him screaming. It was the worst thing I had ever seen in my life to that point. And I haven't gotten to the worst part of the story yet. There was a dirt lot out behind the alley and we buried Skinny Rick out there. It felt wrong to bury a loquacious type like Rick and all of us be so silent. But none of us could think of anything to say. We went back in, all of us needing a drink or seven. Bill saw the rat first. He was coming out of Rick's office even as fraught as things were as hot as temperature running it doesn't explain what happened next it doesn't explain the madness for my part and mine alone i don't pretend to speak for anyone else involved in this whole affair but for me what it came down to was seeing the gristle in its mouth that speck of red cast against its black fur A wobbling piece of meat, all that remained of my friend. And so, madness. We chased the rat around the alley for an hour, maybe more. We screamed and we cursed. We weren't speaking words at certain points. We flung anything we could find that was near to hand. Finally, Bill nailed it with a well aimed bowling pin there's an audible crack. We stood over it while it lay, broken-backed, squeaking in confusion and terror. And that's when we started kicking. We didn't stop until all that remained was a red stain on the alley's boards. And even that did not abate the bloodlust. We scooped up what we could of the ruined creature's body and brought it out to the chain-link fence between the parking lot and the sidewalk. And once we were there, we impaled his head and left his body dangling in the breeze. After that, we did have our beers, only now there was a celebratory feel to it. They'd heard us, but we'd reminded them who was boss and sent a message back. Bill was the only one not cheering as he drank. He still had that expression on his face, that dissatisfaction. I clapped him on the back and asked what was bothering him. And he said, ever since we came to this place, the same dream has come to me every night. It's a dream to do with rats. And and where it goes, what happens, He shook his head. He said, I would give anything to know that it was just a dream. Then he asked me, he said, do you know what a rat king is? I, I asked him if he meant that nutcracker. I'd seen that a couple times. Bill smiled and said no. And it was a fake smile but at least he was trying. Looking back, I'm convinced he knew. Even then, he knew. He knew what we were gonna do to him. He knew what the night would bring. That night, we stayed up, talking and drinking and congratulating each other on what a fine job we had done in the killing of that rat. You know that thing we men do? We distract ourselves from how nervous we are by loudly claiming exactly how not nervous we are? Like fears of biological imperative we've evolved beyond? That bullshit was flying fast that night. I want to say the first rat appeared at midnight but to tell you true that might be the storyteller of me trying to punch it up. But what I know for sure is that again it was Bill who saw it first. It walked right into his field of vision as if presenting itself to him or as if he knew precisely where to look. The rat came out of the ball return and waited. There's a rat in the ball return, Bill announced. Not a trace of emotion, the words. He said, It's waiting. We didn't. We were up and on our feet and drunk running after the thing. The rat turned tail and disappeared back down the ball return. That got a cheer out of us. Even then, even still... We had no idea. Only when the rumbling started. It was the wave, but stronger, louder. The walls of the alley seemed to tremble, the floorboards to jump. It it was like the alley suddenly now was an upset stomach, and us, the undigested meal it was rejecting. It finally settled on us, how scared of how we needed to be right before the walls gave way. I don't have the vocabulary to describe their numbers. They move like a black sea where their eyes glitter like a field of dying stars. Worst of all was the sound, the sound of a million chattering teeth that you knew did not care who you were, what you'd done and what you hoped to do, who you loved and what you meant to them, to the world. To those teeth you were meat, but somehow even worse was when the sound stopped. The silence of a million held breaths was the loneliest sound in the entire world. The rats nearest lane 12 began to shift, a soft sculling sound as claws moved across wood. Something, substantially bigger, began to approach. Its step was slow, deliberate. Its heavy body moved when it wanted to move, not at any other whim or directive. The rats parted. And the Rat King broke the dark and stood before us. It might once have been a few separate beings, as many as seven, but the hands of either man or some hateful god, maybe the pair in tandem, had shaped it into something else entirely. The individual tails had been tied together, and now the flesh. Its various bodies had begun to meld, vestigial eyes lined its throat and face while useless limbs groped blind at the air. The main head sported three mouths, each of which opened and closed with naked hunger. I could only assume that every breath this creature drew was agony and yet some horrible hatred, some will beyond comprehension of most humans kept it alive, kept it animated. It was the will to survive, to continue placing one foot in front of the other, even if doing so clawing your way through suffering beyond what a soul could ever bear. The Rat King's mouth harmonized, a rasping command. There was more movement in the horde's ranks And I realized then that we were not dealing with some collection of dumb beasts. The fall to this world of the black sun and the gray slate sky had gifted them intelligence beyond anything comparable on earth. They were organized, they were aware, and they were pissed. It didn't take long for that movement to reach us. It was a body. Born on the backs of its vermin kin, the body of the rat we had killed and displayed. The mutilated corpse was dumped before the Rat King. It looked from the body to us, and then to the exit door, and then back again. We thought our killing of the rat had been an eye for an eye kind of deal. Nope. The rats owned this corner of the world and they had allowed us to stay on a temporary reprieve. That moment had passed. It was time for us to go. But before we could, one of us had to pay. <laughs> you you fellows are looking at me like you're expecting some kind of twist, <laughs> or you're hoping for uh, some kind of relief, a happy ending. You're hoping that we're, we didn't do the thing that you know we did. There, There isn't any kind of twist to this, guys. You've known how this ends since the moment I started talking. Bill wasn't one of us, not really. So we killed him. And it was the worst thing I ever saw. The rest of us grabbed the Bill and started dragging him towards the mass of rats. He struggled, some, but there was resignation there. Dreams had long ago told him where the path he walked ended. Maybe he had once hoped that better angels or better natures would be intercede, but that obviously was not in the offing. A final push sent him into the crowd. I wish I could tell you it wasn't me, that my own participation in guilt could be mitigated with the knowledge that I didn't strike the killing blow. But I can't tell you that. I wish I could tell you that it was me. That way, the hatred in your eyes could better reflect the hate in my own heart. But I can't tell you that either. Because the truth is, I don't know who pushed him. Only that he was pushed. Bill Weldon did not fall he was felled. The rats swarmed him, but they didn't hurt him. Now that honor was reserved for the Rat King. It took its time. When it struck, its motion was still deliberate. Its claws went oh so slowly into the flesh of Bill's skull. He screamed, of course he did. It was terrible, of course it was. But more terrible was when the screaming stopped. I had shut my eyes when the Rat King began to dig. But the sudden silence prompted me to open them. Bill Lotham was dead. He stood up, his eyes stared, not seeing, his lips worked, not speaking. The top of his skull was open, the mass of flesh that was the Rat King poking out of the top. The rest of its body burrowed deep into the soft tissue of Bill's brain, moving him like a puppet on strings. The dead man said, Go. We hurried past each other, not wanting to see Bill anymore, but not feeling safe looking away from that nightmarish tableau. The corpse and his army. The king and his kingdom. Go, he said once more. So we did. And that was the worst thing I ever saw. Hello, and thank you for listening to this episode of Black Sun Dispatches, part of the Cinepunks Podcast Network. My name is Brandon Foley, and I write, produce, and perform the show. Black Sun Dispatch is only one of many great shows offered by the Cinepunks Network. Uh, you can also check out Cinepunks, Loud Fast Philly, Horror Business, The Mandate, uh, and along with tons of great writing on a huge variety of subjects from a huge variety of authors. Uh, very recently, uh, my dear friend Trey Lawson wrote a fantastic piece about Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, Justin Lord of Horror Business also wrote a great article about it. Uh, they really, just the site is just loaded with good stuff. So uh, you should read it. Uh, You can also help us make it by contributing to our Patreon, which you can find on our website. It's a huge help. Uh, So if you ever have a shot, uh, please help. Uh, Our sponsor is Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, uh, which you can hit up at xlvacx.com. That's Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations at xlvacx.com. Uh, so, if you enjoy the show, please help spread the word on Twitter, Facebook, uh, whatever. Uh, maybe if you know flares, send up flares, and you know, maybe if you know Morse code, uh, send that out. Just uh, help spread the word about this show uh, so we can get more and more listeners. Uh, it'd be hugely helpful. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter personally at The True Brendan F. That's at The True Brendan F. Uh, and you follow the show on Twitter at Black Sun Show. Uh, the Twitter account for the show will have updates uh, and hints about future episodes uh, and just other fun stuff like that. Uh, hey, if you're going to be a fantastic fest uh, in a couple weeks, I will also be there. Uh, if you like the show, please come up and tell me so. It's be nice to know that people are listening to this and that they're enjoying it. Uh, there will be a new episode, even though I'm going to be out of town, on uh, September 25th. That's when the next episode is going to be. Uh, once we decide what it is uh, we can record then uh, so yeah uh, thank you to Jennifer Rogers for designing the Black Sun Dispatchers logo uh, thank you to everyone at CinePunks who makes the show possible and gets it up there for listening consumption uh, and the music for this week's episode was Winter by E.L. Heath uh, so like I said we'll be back on September 25th with the next episode and like I said if you happen to be at Fantastic Fest in Austin uh, for uh, I believe it's from the 21st to the 28th Uh, hit me up say hi be nice Uh, well thanks guys like I said I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you're there for our next one thanks bye